Bombing down Poinsettia, Chapter 9. Cartier Changes Everything, Part 2. When I saw Rosemary's BMW on that first parking space, having never driven one, I looked at Samantha, she looked at me, of course, and um, I realized there's no way we're going to Samantha's without taking the fucking top down. <laughs> I didn't know how to take it down, but Sam helped. After struggling with the locks and shit and finally getting that fucker to go down, I pulled up to the metal gate of the garage, and for the first time since B had dropped me off a half month earlier, I rolled out on the street. I was a little nervous, you know. Rosemary gave me permission to drive a $100,000 car, but I don't know. I have to admit, I was mildly stressed. So I get stupid. Besides, I've been drinking anyway, so. Come up bad, and I go to jail for drunk. But I was going to drive that fucking car. So when we hit the street, it was magnificent. Traffic, I'm happy to say, was lighter than shit. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday night or something. I loved Los Angeles at night. I really, really did. I prefer Los Angeles at night. It's either an orange night or a dark as hell night. <laughs> and the night I drove Samantha home, you know, it was a dark as hell night. One of them nights, everything's just, it's just kind of black and white, you know, especially you're going down a boulevard like Wilshire and Wilshire Boulevard, for some reason, it just got me no, like no other fucking street did. One o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday, it's just fucking lifeless. Gray and lifeless. All these big fucking buildings and sidewalks and windows. And sh- and it's empty. Just dead. I glanced over at Samantha. She had one leg tucked up underneath her and the other one just hanging in the floorboard. I watched her as she lay there against her seat, kind of propped up against the door with her head on the windowsill. I don't know why I didn't even know the girl, but I kind of felt sorry for her. I thought about how Rosemary had spoken to her and talked down to her like she was just as if her very existence was a fucking offense to her in I'd heard that shit from my stepdad but I never heard another human being talk to somebody else like that I mean back in Oklahoma I work with people who most crass motherfuckers you'd ever want to meet but as shitty as they were I never I never had to listen to him degrade somebody the way that bitch Rosemary degraded Samantha only had about four or five miles to go, so I decided to dig. I asked her what Rosemary had been so pissed about. She told me the guy Rosemary had sent her to meet had not only canceled the rendezvous, but had insisted she undress before canceling. That didn't make any fucking sense, but I listened. There's just an old pervert. He just wanted to see me naked, she complained while slowly getting up from the door. No fucking money. I don't either. Don't either want. 
I asked, slowing down for a red light. She pulled a cigarette from her purse and lit it. Don't have any money. Oh, I mumbled. So what the hell's Rosemary mad at you for? Took a hit off her smoke before turning towards me as if to confide. She expects us, us, to collect a fucking cancellation fee. What? I smirked as if I knew what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah. She nodded in agreement. Like, how how the hell am I supposed to collect the cancellation fee from some six-foot-tall fat fuck? According to Samantha, Rosemary had been trying to enforce a cancellation fee on clientele for some time. Yeah. She didn't have any muscle, so the girls were on their own. They had to demand this cancellation fee for Rosemary, and if they showed up at Rosemary's empty-handed, got the big fuck off, it didn't matter. They owed Rosemary the $50 cancellation fee, as though the girls were out nothing. Immediately, I wondered why the girls would even give a damn if Rosemary was upset at them because they didn't give her the fucking cancellation fee. Fuck you, Rosemary. When I expressed that to Samantha... She told me Rosemary could not only dismiss her, but call every agency in town and really do a lot to prevent him from getting to work anywhere. Well, my only thought was, why the fuck would you want to do this in the first place? She shouldn't have been out there. Samantha was a good-looking woman. Probably about 30, 31, 32, I don't know, damn good-looking woman. What the fuck was she doing? I don't know why I felt sorry for her. I guess if I hadn't had any money in my pocket at the time, I probably would have given it to her, but I didn't have any. We pulled up to the front of her apartment right off Wilshire. I was surprised without warning she leaned over and kissed me on the cheek. It was nice. I turned around just in time to watch her sweep her long blonde hair over her left ear, look at me and smile before getting out of the car. I watched captivated while Samantha climbed the steps of her building. She opened the main door, (laughs) turned and blew me another kiss, and walked out of my life forever. Even to this day, it's hard to understand what happened to me during that drive from Rosemary's to Samantha's apartment building. Something happened to me. In the blink of a fucking eye, I lost complete and all respect, I think, for Rosemary. The room, the board, the job, the cigarettes, the beer, the hospitality, it was all very, very nice. Changed nothing. I decided at that very moment I hated Rosemary's fucking guts. I cut a U-turn right there in Wilshire in front of Samantha's apartment building. Representing $100,000 sports cars, time to go for a fucking drive. Cut out for downtown LA. Through the thick and driving a beautiful car around downtown L.A. in the night there, loving it. The girl felt sorry for his ass, paid for it. I didn't even see any other cars. I drove through the valet 
barking at the fucking Bonaventure just because I could. <laughs> yeah, I keep running outside, man. I must have burned through and ate the tank of gas. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't fuck around. I didn't know how to get to Rosemary's that well, but I knew the general area, and I was pretty confident I could find the building again. Now, when the joyride was over, I was happy to see that that completely by accident, heading west, happened upon the second street tunnel. Fucking A. I've only been through it one other time late one night on the way back to the screen with Mark when we was on our motorcycles. I couldn't even have told you how to fucking get here. And here I was. Wasn't the same the second time. I'd been gone better part of the hour by the time I found Rosemary's building again, got the car parked, and went back upstairs. Needless to say, Rosemary wanted to know what had taken so fucking long. I lied. I told her I got pulled over. After a bit of my blue ribbon bullshitting, now she let it go. At first. I was at the bar making a drink, a real drink, gin and tonic, when, uh, suddenly, Rosemary from her perch asked, <clears throat> Tell me about the conversation you had with Samantha. What conversation, I asked, reaching in, grabbing a bottle of tonic water from the credenza. Fuck, Britt, don't act like you didn't talk to drive over to her house. What? Rosemary? I asked a little pissed. I watched Rosemary take a breath and, you know, kind of compose herself before, you know, taking a sip of that fucking brandy. She say anything about tonight? About what you guys were fucking fighting about? I asked, standing on my own two feet. Right. Did she say anything? No, Rosemary, nothing. It's none of my fucking business. To my surprise, Rosemary seemed to accept that. Aye. Mom always told me to keep my fucking mouth shut, and I guess I should have that night. I shouldn't have added that I thought Samantha was a sweet girl. Because as soon as I did, well, Rosemary slapped back. She's stupid bitch, Stan. Must stood there for all of 20 seconds, the two of us. She's sitting in her fucking chase her fucking white nightgown, me standing there at the end of the bar, already drunk on beer, getting drunker on gin now after having just done loops around downtown L.A. in her car. <laughs> you know what? Even if Samantha had said anything to me, and she did, I never would have revealed a fucking thing to that bitch. I just, I guess it was my gut that was telling me this bitch is no good, Stan. Or Brit, or Jorge, or whatever fucking other identity you come up with today. Rosemary was bad news because Rosemary liked to be in charge. She likes to own people. And I wasn't going to be one of them. I'm not talking like Billy Badass. I'm just telling you what the fuck happened. After our little Mexican stare down, Rosemary went back to her fucking precious TV guides, and I began the journey back towards the hallway leading to my room. Of course. Rosemary had to get the last stab in and remind me. Well, she at least wanted me to believe she could decide my fate like that. 
in the corner of my eye as I headed towards the hall, I actually saw her wave her arm in the air as if to insist. My very existence was a pain in her ass. How much is the ticket? I'll pay for it. I stopped short of the hallway and I turned around. What? Rosemary tried talking down to me that night. I was shit on the bottom of her shoe. She tried to walk on me dismissively as oh, I was an inconvenience. Or at least she tried to make me feel as such. She tried to marginalize me the way she had done Samantha. The way I listened to her do Samantha. The way she had done and broken down that girl. God, fuck! It went through me like a saber. The TV guide between legs, she leaned forward from her sitting position on the chase. I said, how much is the ticket, Brett? I buy my own fucking tickets, Rosemary! Along with the slam of my hand against the wall, that got Rosemary's attention. I pay for my own tickets, Rosemary. That's all I said. I guess it was in the tone I said it because I'll never forget the fucking look on her face. I don't remember Rosemary fucking with me the rest of the night. Mm -mm. She didn't bring any girls back to meet me. And if I remember correctly, I think she might have turned in a tad early. I just know she didn't bother me anymore. Not because she was acting mad. I think she was acting scared, and she should be. My inhibitions were gone. Okay? Yeah, it's one of the handful of times I didn't give a fuck what they thought about me at all. I wasn't even supposed to be here, man. If my grandma found out where the fuck I was, I'd never hear the end of it. Damn. Yeah, I was raised better. At least I thought I was raised better. <laughs> Sorry. Let's move on. I have to admit the next day, Rosemary played nice all freaking day. For that matter, she didn't bother me once again at all. <laughs> yeah, after getting up around noon, she didn't have anything but compliments for the work regarding the work I had done. She just surprised me in the back room. Yeah. Started walking around just praising me for everything I had done out of the blue and then requested I put locks on the bedroom windows. I didn't make any fucking sense, but... Maybe that was her olive branch. Maybe she wanted me to put locks on the window so there'd be no excuses if I was pushed out of one of them, bitch. Is that why? Rosemary had a lot of money, folks, and if she hired a couple of guys to come over and throw me out the fucking window, I wouldn't have been surprised, I guess. I mean, if there aren't locks on the window, you can hardly call it a suicide if I just fell out of an unlocked window. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I was probably reading too much into it, but I didn't trust that bitch. I don't know. Regardless, I put locks on windows ten stories up for all the fucking sense that made. It's been a long time since the shit's gone down, so before I get into this next part of the story, I just want you to know it's probably going to be a little bit all over the place because I was all over the place. I was where I shouldn't have been. I knew I shouldn't have been there, but it was a place of convenience. It was a place that fed me. It was a place that housed me, but I knew it was a place of ill repute. 
is a place I didn't fucking belong. I knew we were all on borrowed time because it was an illegal operation. Yeah, it was a fucking illegal operation, which means I was on a fucking balance beam. It was only a matter of time for that bitch comes tumbling down. I wasn't delusional about where I was and what was going on. Let's get that right. What I wasn't expecting... All that shit I'd been carrying around. I didn't know I was going to be able to put it down. Other than my son back at home, finally, something else come that wasn't a fucking lie. As usual, I was working in the master bathroom. I was painting trim and shit at that point. It was only like 11 o'clock at night, I think. It was kind of early. As usual, I heard Rosemary in the other room buzz some young lady in. Heard him converse shortly in the living room before heading down the hall towards where I was in the master bath. Brett, Rosemary called from the master bedroom door. Could you come here, please? There's someone you have to meet. Fucking words made me cringe. I was about ready for another beer, though, so I got up and walked down the hall. She's about five foot seven. Medium complexion. Long, lazy curls for auburn hair fell over her shoulders and a patch pocket jean jacket that hardly made it down to her waist. Both her hands lay over the top of a black leather purse which hung in front of her. I could just make out the flat she was wearing below a long skirt. Rosemary was talking, but I didn't hear. I didn't hear anything. The very second I saw that woman, I loved her. It's not bullshit dialogue. It's not cliche. It's true. The very fucking second. I didn't understand that I loved her, but it was powerful. It was so strong, it was impossible, impossible to ignore what I didn't even understand. Brett, this is Michelle. Michelle, this is Brett. Rosemary introduced the two of us as we both stood, admiring one another, I think. Hi, she said, gently blinking her eyes and tilting her head. I swallowed and cleared my throat. Hello, ma'am. My response brought a beautiful dimpled smile to her face. You from Texas? <laughs> Close, Rosemary interjected. Oklahoma. <laughs> Fuck up, Rosemary. Yeah, <sighs> Oklahoma. I was happy to see Michelle didn't chide in with Rosemary instead. She took a more soothing, sweet look at me, blinked, and said, I like that, Brett. No, I wasn't aroused. I wasn't turned on at all. That's what was crazy about it. As fucking beautiful as she was, I wasn't turned on at all. I didn't want her like that. And that's the fucking truth. I didn't want her that way. I just wanted to know her. Just just to be with her. That's what I was feeling. And I'd never felt that way about anyone, anyone in my life. And I have to say all this now because I felt Every fucking bit of it, that very second. After Rosemary excused herself, 
Well, I watched as Michelle stepped out of the room behind her. I could smell the scent of a nice perfume. I caught myself following him. God, she was gorgeous. She had gorgeous hips and beautiful slender waist, and it looked like a large bosom. I couldn't tell in the genius. I wasn't looking for that shit, and that's the truth. Stopped next to my bedroom door in the hall and just stared. Rosemary made a right beyond the fake tree heading to the chase. But I was happy to see that Michelle stopped just short of the tree and turned back towards me. This time neither one of us were smiling. She was looking, I was looking. Oh my God, what was this? She was looking at me like I was feeling. I just, when I thought I should say something, she smiled, turned and walked away behind the tree. Thank God. I peered through the leaves of the tree at the end of the hall as, well, I listened, Michelle began to discuss a recent trip to Montana she had just returned from. Michelle talked about her fiancé, who was apparently stationed there in the Air Force. She complained about the relationship she had had with the guy while Rosemary was sitting there listening from the chase. Yeah, she was complaining about the guy. That was unique because all the girls that I had met there before, with the exception of B. Rosemary could have given a flying fuck about their guy problems and how dare any bitch come up there in her penthouse and bring up guy problems in front of her. Yet Rosemary now sat diligently at that fucking chase, their mouth shut, nodding her head as though she gave a shit. That was interesting. I didn't know Michelle, but what I found even more interesting is when she pulled a ring from her purse. It was a ring that she said was her engagement ring she had received from her fiancé stationed up in Montana. And, well, I was thrilled to see that she wasn't wearing it. At first, I was a little sick to see her pull the engagement ring from her purse. But then I realized she had pulled it from the box, handed it to Rosemary, and then put the box back in the purse. And immediately I thought, oh yeah, she's not wearing it. As I was falling, obviously, Rosemary took a phone call. And I was immediately hit in the face with a fucking shovel by Rosemary. She put the call on hold and asked Michelle if she wanted to work. Michelle, you want to work tonight? I, I, you're probably tired from the flight, right? Not tonight, Michelle said. <laughs> Michelle declined the offer, and she pitched another girl instead. God damn it. Fuck. It had completely slipped my mind. This was one of Rosemary's girls. This is a woman who worked for Rosemary. Fuck. I whispered to myself behind the fake tree. No woman in alive had ever made me feel like this, and she was a fucking prostitute. What? 
No. I immediately pulled off and walked back down to the master bedroom. This is true. I kept walking around in the master bedroom. I think I might have even walked all the way to the master bathroom. But then I turned around and I kept walking by the door. Kept poking my head around the corner just to see if I could catch another glimpse of her. Fuck! I was smitten, I guess. I didn't know what smitten was at the time, but that's what I was. It was hard for me to... It's hard for me to understand why I was feeling the shit that I was feeling. I couldn't. I wasn't going to work. I couldn't paint. I couldn't do any of that shit tonight. I'm fucking done working tonight. Instead, I, I paced around in Rosemary's fucking bedroom around the bed she never used. I really wanted to know this woman so bad. I wanted to talk to her. Privately, I wanted to, I wanted to speak to her if I could. I mean, I could hear Rosemary taking calls in the living room, and I mean, at one point, I, I figured Michelle might have already left, but <sighs> suddenly she appeared in the master bedroom doorway. I hadn't seen her walk down the hall towards me while Rosemary was on the phone. Hey, she greeted cheerfully. Can I come in? Yeah. I replied, standing next to one of the windows, the west wall, thinking about jumping out. She wasn't holding her purse anymore now. She just had her jean jacket on, a blouse underneath, and the long skirt. Her hair was so beautiful. It was long and auburn. Yeah, her large bosom. Wow, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah. It really wasn't fucking important, though. It was nice. It just wasn't important. Her tan bosom, it just wasn't important. She glanced around the room, that amazing smile on her face. I felt awkward just standing there. I mean, I was still wearing that pair of torn-up fucking jeans, a paint all over them and shit, a work shirt covered with paint. And she looks so clean. I look like a fucking vagrant. Oh, she began pointing at the bookcase over the bed. You built those? I nervously gestured towards them, waved my hand. Yeah, I just, well, cut some of the wood, but, oh, yeah, <laughs> thanks, I said. She turned to look directly at me. Her hazel eyes, her dark eyebrows, her auburn hair, tan skin, just all worked in harmony perfectly, flawlessly. It didn't matter. I just wanted to know her. Here was my chance, and I didn't know what to fucking say. She looked down at the uh, two little shoe racks I built from the spare wood I had left over from the bookshelves. I could see a beautiful, approving smile come up on the corner of her mouth. You make those? She asked inquisitively. I did. I smiled, looking down at the floor. You made this place look really nice, Brett. Thank you, ma'am, I uttered. <laughs> she smiled again. You're sweet. She breathed before sticking her hand out to shake mine. I just wanted to say goodnight. It was really nice to meet you. 
I gently took her hand in mine and shook it. I like meeting you too, ma'am. I mean, I wanted to talk to her more. I was so captivated by this person, but I didn't have any idea what the fuck to say. No woman in my life had ever intrigued me like this. Nobody. Even Angela, who I thought was so fucking gorgeous, unlike any woman I'd ever been with before, didn't do anything for me compared to this woman. After several more minutes, I I watched in the hall as Michelle said her goodbyes to Rosemary and laughed. I, I didn't go out and join him because, well, I just didn't want Rosemary to embarrass me. For the next 30 minutes, I was a fucking mess. I couldn't work. Yet as miserable as I was, all of a sudden I didn't want to leave the penthouse so fast. I wasn't as quick and anxious to leave the penthouse because I knew that might fuck my chances up ever seeing Michelle again. See? That was the conflict. Still, I was smart enough to know that if I had made an enemy of Rosemary, I might never, I may never see fucking Michelle again. I, for half an hour, I paced the master bedroom. Finally, I just couldn't take it anymore. I joined Rosemary on the sectional. It was the first fucking time I had ever joined her in the living room, just her and I sitting on that fucking sectional. It was the only fucking time that I can remember that I ever sat and joined her in that living room on that goddamn sectional. I just didn't have any interest being out there, especially after the Samantha incident. Fuck her. I didn't like Rosemary. I just put up with her ass till I could get the fuck out. It's true, Beatrice is going to be back in a few days, but... <clears throat> Now it was a fucking mess. I didn't want to leave anymore. I sat down on the sofa directly across from Rosemary. I watched as she feverishly surfed the channels in her big screen in search of something to fucking tape. I realized that if I was going to instigate the conversation regarding Michelle, I had to do it delicately. I mean, I don't know what kind of fucking policies Rosemary had. I didn't know. I did. I was going to marry B. I knew that. I understood that. I knew Rosemary knew that. I didn't want to fuck any of that up. Yeah, or I'd find myself homeless. So I had to work this shit in, well, as smart as a 19-year-old could. I sat down on the sofa directly across from Rosemary. I watched as she feverishly surfed the channels in her big screen and searched something to type. What were my intentions? I couldn't fucking tell you. I just knew that I had to find out about Michelle through this thing, Rosemary. She was the keeper of the secrets. That means I had to play nice and act like a friend, and yeah, I'm on your side now. Rosemary, who is this woman? Rosemary? I began. What's wrong with Michelle? Why? Rosemary said without looking away from the TV as she surfed through it. I casually shrugged my shoulders and fell back into the cushions of the sofa. I just heard you guys talking, and she sounded like she was pissed about something. Ah, uh, yeah. <coughs> she has a fiancé in the Air Force, and he treats her like shit. <coughs> she scoffed while continuing the relentless channel surf. He flew up to his base in Great Falls, and <coughs> when she got up there, he ignored her. 
Wow. It astounded me that Rosemary even volunteered that fucking much, but I was glad for it. Huh, I remarked. What a prick. Yeah, Rosemary sighed as she dropped the remote, got up, and walked by me towards the kitchen. He's nice, homie. Michelle's a sweet girl. I took a breath and kind of sat up on the sofa, but I didn't move. I didn't know what to do. I guess there's a chance I might be able to see Michelle. She'd come back to visit Rosemary. I was out of moves at the moment. After a few seconds, I um, rose to my feet. I began to turn around to head back to the hall to go back down to the bathroom, but upon turning, I came face to face with Rosemary. It startled me. I hadn't noticed she had stopped behind the couch and was staring directly at me. That look, that stare of hers, I flinched because, well, her hands are gripping the back of the sofa. Long black hair lay over one shoulder. She had that devious, upturned eye look on her face. That rosemary look. It was a menacing smile. For a second, I thought I'd fucked up. I thought I was in trouble. Well, in a way, kind of, I had fucked up. You see, she was afraid she couldn't run me. And the way we had gone at each other the night before in her very own penthouse over one of her girls, I was proud of myself for having drawn the line in the sand. And I had let her know she couldn't control me. The fuck she couldn't. I just handed her a fucking road map. Yeah, she'd be of no surprise to anyone. It was by way of my dick. You want her? Rosemary whispered with a grin. What? I replied, somewhat stunned. Rosemary was smiling broadly. Do you, Brits, want her? I didn't know how to answer. Rosemary, no, I said nervously, shifting my weight from one leg to the other. I'm just talking. Well, everything was in the open now. There was no more fucking talking. I knew what kind of business Rosemary was running, but now the bitch fucking knew I knew. As much as I disliked Rosemary, I knew she wasn't stupid. She looked away down at the floor, then up at the ceiling as if to be contemplating. There was no doubt in my mind she was considering the what-ifs. I felt dumb. Standing there like a child, frozen in front of a fucking sectional on a goddamn apartment, unsure what the fuck to do. A handful of seconds passed before she made the proposition again. Brett, I will let you have, Michelle, for one hour, for one week's pay. Rosemary, come on, I answered. I'm just talking shit. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Rosemary challenged by stroking the back of the sofa with her hands. It was obvious she wasn't buying my bullshit, so she continued. How much am I paying you? Five hundred a week, I answered. She began to make her way around the sofa to where I was standing. Look at me, Brad. Look at me. 
I looked at her. I'll waive my fee. I will waive my fee and I will let you have her for one hour, for one week's pay. I half-assed protested. I mean, <laughs> Rosemary, this is bad. I mean, if B ever finds out, oh, she said, cut me off insistently. The only way B is going to find out about our business arrangement is if you say something, is if you talk. This is a deal between you and me, right? She grabbed my hand and held it tight. So I'm going to ask you again. Look at me, Brent. Michelle, do you want to? Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for Bombing Down Poinsettia Chapter 9, Cartier Changes Everything Part 2. Be sure to join me next week, Wednesday, 8 p.m., Bombing Down Poinsettia Chapter 9, Cartier Changes Everything Part 3. Stay at the Jump Man Show. We'll be back on Friday. Tell me if I can deal with me, amigos. Love comes down upon us and it flows like water burning With the hope of inside feathers Books the colors of a bright elation stolen In the side of